Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I've not seen an Egg Chasers rugby podcast studio looking so different in the space of a week. <laughs> We've got the... JB is bouncing with excitement, even on his broken backside. That's right. He is bouncing. Uh, hands in... Yeah, this is going to be a difficult one, Phil. Hands in, pod on three. One, two, three, pod! Pod! Thank you very much for listening to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, a podcast that you can find on Acast, on their app, or on iTunes as well, and keep your reviews and ratings on iTunes coming. Thank you very much. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter. It's getting so much closer to the World Cup. JB, you all right there, mate? Not really. What's going on? <laughs> We've, uh, JB's having some trouble with his microphone. Technical. Um, damn, damn it, damn it he's fixed it. I was trying to sabotage him so he couldn't say anything on this week's podcast. We do this half our listenership, if that happened. Uh, so... Firstly, um, we uh, this podcast is 24 hours later. Now, one of two things is the reason for that. Um, one is because um, my grandparents' 80th birthday in Dorset meant that I got back into Manchester about midnight on Sunday night. In Dorset? Oh, sorry? In Dorset? Yeah. <laughs> what? In Dorset? I don't get it. <laughs> sorry, it's a, it's a rubbish gag. The rubbish gag, gag was very funny. In Dorset. Was it good? Did you endorse it? Oh, okay. Oh, that, well, that was bad. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, uh, so either that, either that was the reason, or it's the other reason. Possible reason is that me and Phil needed an extra twenty-four hours to digest what happened in Stade de France on Saturday night. It, Stuart, Stuart Lancaster's got some uh, proper head scratching to do over these next couple of days before he picks his final thirty-one man World Cup squad, doesn't he? Indeed, he has. He he really does. Yeah, because what was supposed to be virtually a start in 15 has definitely raised some questions uh, we've got the flip chart back out in the in the podcast studio we're looking at it right now we've i've put the 39 names that Stuart lancaster will have to call eight of and we're going to go through that process in a little bit um we're going to dissect that match we're going to talk about the world cup squads that have already been announced we've got a bumper edition of stash watch today looking at all the stash uh, that's been being launched in the last seven days with very 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 never more so have we had varying quality <laughs> than than this week's stash watch and phil you got a quiz sorted i have and gloucester's all-time professional uh, all-time team in the professional era as well yeah so listen up for that but um <laughs> jb <laughs> yes apologies boys do we have to talk about <laughs> uh the england match oh i'm gutted but i don't really want to get too carried away with this because i know i know the media are and on twitter everything you read is like doom and gloom but a week ago it wasn't so bad well what do you read into it then 
Well, I, I read into it that most of those players haven't had a game for at least four months. I read into it that George Ford was didn't have his best start, but based on a very poor platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the most concerning thing for me, that the scrum and the line-out. Now, the scrum I can forgive because that pitch was atrocious. Mm-hmm. And both won four, lost one. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK. Oh, that's, that, 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 that makes me yeah, feel a bit better. There is something to say about the quality of your own scrimmaging ball. Yeah, that's true. Which, yes. You know, best, uh, by the way, best tweet I saw about the state of the pitch was, was that the... Uh, no, it wasn't one of yours, JB. It was uh, someone said that the French bought the turf for the Stade de France at a Millennium Stadium car boot sale. <laughs> <laughs> Very it, good. It was reminiscent of that, wasn't yes. it? It was. It, it, it was pathetic, actually, for a high-level sports yeah. sports event. Yeah. No toys about it. But I can, so I can, I can forgive the frailties in the scrum. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they do on a, a proper rugby pitch. But the line-out just wasn't good enough. And it, if Tom Young's is going to be starting, it has to improve. There was 13 line-outs and they lost four. It the nine that they won were disrupted it wasn't going to hand it was being fumbled yeah. down and it so it's well it doesn't sound too bad it really was that just led to the whole game being disrupted so Young's wasn't getting good ball he was then slow with his pass so Ford was getting poor ball his decision making wasn't great his kicking wasn't very good kicked too much early on do you know after after half an hour mm-hmm. England had made 58 tackles how many had France made Half an hour gone, 58. Oh, I don't know. Let's go 30? Uh, 22. Four. What? Fact. That's incredible. What? Half an hour of an what? international rugby game, France had made four tackles. That is, uh, that is ridiculous. Now, before JB jumps in, because JB has written a... A, th- a thesis on this game. He's a Welshman <laughs> who is just salivating at what he can say now. And it'll be in stark contrast to JB's own quote from last week going, England are the most tournament-ready team in the world. Yeah. <laughs> last week they were. Last before, week they genuinely were. Before you get into that, I think, I think Saturday night's game was the perfect demonstration of why the scrum is such a massive and set-piece and... It's such a massive part of the game and why anyone who says that the scrum's just a way to restart a match needs their head checking because yeah, yeah. the line-out messed up a lot, like you've said. Um, the scrum, is actually, on, on statistics-wise, it was better than I thought it was from watching the game. But the edge that France had in the scrum, everyone that's played the game knows what that's like when you're on yeah. a team that's getting pumped and it affects everything. Yeah. yeah, it's contagious. It is, and but it, as Phil talked about, it means it means Ben Young's had a nightmare passing the ball. George Ford couldn't get on the front foot and release his players. The whole back line started running laterally. Then you start making kicks when you've got players coming onto you that little bit quicker. Your back row are having to run a bit further backwards so they can't get clean, quick ball, and it just gets worse and worse. So I think it's the perfect example, if anyone needed it, that the scrum means so much and why we have to protect the the con the contest at the scrum. Correct, and I and I think that that, that dictated the whole storyline of that game, and yep. it wasn't that George Ford played well. He did, he did he did have a poor game, but it wasn't just that he had a poor no. game. The context was he played poorly, and interestingly, we're going to talk about Sippers. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt, Sippers is is an example of a fly half that has been experienced in the Premiership the last couple of seasons playing behind a poor pack. Just, ah, just very thought. nice. Yeah, very, yeah. Whereas, well, actually, whereas is Ford, he? And Far- Ford and Farrell have been orchestrating things to, behind a dominant. Pack. I'm gonna have to question that, Tim. How many times do you see Sale losing scrums and lineouts? That's what they're good at. Oh, it, it was. I suppose the season before yeah. last much more so. They, yeah. were, they were getting dominated. 
Yeah, last season they showed it up a bit. He's never had a dominant pack, let's say that. No. Hmm. No. So, yeah, Jake, what's your take on the uh, Yeah, Come on, here we go then. Welshman well, on Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I'll be the first one to say I've flip-flopped a lot here. Last week... I was well on the England bandwagon. I thought they looked brilliant. I thought they played with nice front football. They made good decisions and some of the attacking, uh, well, it was attacking brilliance. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the team did what a team did, which is, you know, use all of your teamwork to get individuals into space where they can do special stuff. And that was great. But recently, I've been exposed to kind of, you know, two sorts of thoughts where it, when it comes to coaching. There's kind of the WRU style stuff and the ZRFU style stuff. And if we were to get, say, two players, uh, an, England, an English player, current English international and a Welsh international now, and we were to ask them in a paragraph, describe your team, the Welsh guy would probably say, we're a hard-working team, we work on our continuity, we get off the line, we're good in defence, that kind of thing. It's giving you some uh, Welsh music to carry I on talking I honestly about think, if you ask someone from the English squad now if you had someone from the English squad said describe your describe your team they would just read off a list of things which Stuart Lancaster would like them to talk about so they'd be talking about good people with trying to stamp out negative um, negative behaviours as a collective which you know doesn't influence our group dynamic looking at our group of people not just players I think it would go on and on and on I think you would probably wait for about the 11th thing before they mentioned anything about rugby that's great but it's not Dawson's Creek it's high, you know, it, it's high level sport and I think for a lot of this all this engendering culture is great if you're running a call centre but again that's not that's not what you're doing so they've got all this wonderful culture and that's going great but they forgot to work on the lineouts. they have one backs move they don't have a seven you know at some point you've got to stand back and think what are we trying to achieve if us three here decided we wanted to go up Mount Everest. It would not be enough just to have a real positive mental attitude. PMA, not be, PMA. Yeah, it just wouldn't be enough. <laughs> I've been reading some stuff from Stuart Lancaster, uh, which was published this time last year. Just just pause there a second. You can do this over the theme tune from Dawson's Creek. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, he, and, and he wrote in um, a piece which he did for the, for the RFU, stuff like it, yeah, the... Um, the meaningfulness of the jersey was bringing some players to tears. And then they got their parents to phone in to talk about what it meant for their sons to play for England. Uh, why doesn't he just spend the time working on his lineouts? <laughs> got to remember where he's come from and why he's been such a positive effect on the whole England camp and the RFU, wider RFU. Is he turned around what was described as by players and you know people outside off the pitch a toxic environment? And yeah. he's made it a positive environment. So we've got to give him credit for that. Well, I would say when you're when you're running a pro sports team, you've got to concentrate on the actual sport itself. And the culture's great. And I think Lancaster would be wonderful at running an academy, probably wonderful at running a club. But he's just got to win a tournament in eight uh, uh, over the length of eight weeks. Well, all That's right. all he needs. Okay. Well, let's. It's like let, storming a beach, not running, not running a daycare centre. Well, what we're going to do in a moment is, well, the, the game is fresh in our mind, and we'll talk about both sides. And by the way, we mentioned it uh, on the last podcast. Louis Pickamols is looking. Lean and mean. That that French pack. Mm. Now we spoke about the negative negativity of the England pack and underperforming at the lineups and the scrums, but that didn't happen by accident. That yep. is a very experienced, very good French pack, and the, right. the lineouts in particular is impressive because they were reading everything yeah. and they're getting two jumpers up to compete. One thing I said last week, and probably the only thing I said last week, which was even close to being correct was that as soon as these French offloads start going to hand, someone's going to be in trouble. <laughs> and it just seemed like they went to hand. 
Uh, Louis Pickamores is a wonderful, wonderful, oh. majestic, elegant player. Looking back to his best, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he is, definitely. Here we go. We've got the flip chart right here. Stuart Lancaster, Mike Cat, Graham Roundtree, Andy Farrell are going to be sat in a room, in their little war room in Penny Hill Park. Mm-hmm. They're going to be shut the door and they're going to go, right, do not disturb. And they're going to have to walk out of that room, taking those 39 names we can see in front of us, sending eight of them home. OK, well, who's, who are the nicest guys? Because we could probably go with that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much stock you put in these games. I mean, they, they must put some stock in them, because otherwise, why would you play them? But are they going to have two widescreen TVs up, watch two games side by side, and say, he played well, he's in, he played badly, he's out? Because if that's the case, it's going to be a much different England team than we think it's going to be. Well, Lancaster has said it will not just be based on the games, it is based on the overall eight-week, nine-week period that they've been in camp, the performances behind closed doors. Uh, props. So what are we thinking? That you're going to have to lose one of these props? Corbs. But Corbs is already injured. Well, well yeah. Got to go. So we're crossing out Corbs and leaving Vunapola and Marla. Yes, definitely. Uh, and tight head prop, we're keeping Cole and Wilson. I'm saying you keep Brooks because he can also, at a push, play loose head. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I would go with that. That does help a lot. So we got we got one, two, three, four, five people, I was going to say on the plane, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm. In the squad. Uh, hooker. <laughs> Tom Young's. Right, OK. So, oh, God, this was the... Like you say, this was one of the most concerning bits for me. You know, when you're yeah. talking... Uh, this is the last time I'm going to mention it. Australia have picked two hookers. England, on the other hand, have said, you can't come, Mr Dylan Hartley, because of the rules of whatever it is and we, you know, and we can't carry a player. Turns out they were completely wrong because they didn't bother reading the rules. Surely, if you're going to lead by example, read the rules first. What do you mean? Okay, what so what do you mean? Read the rules. Oh, right. Okay, what rules are the are you talking about? Yeah. So, Australia have only selected two hookers. Yeah. Yeah. England believe that is against the rules. Okay. No, it's not against no, the rules. No, no. Ah, no. But they believed it was. The only rule is six players with front row, front row experience. But that's in your game day squad. Other than that, you can do pretty much what you want. And what they were saying is that they can't take Dylan Hartley along because. You've only got limited space, and so on and so forth. No, it was nothing to do with rules. They were just saying if there's an injury at hooker, we won't, we won't have so a backup. So why, why has Mike Cattenco appealed to the, to the IRB to clarify the Australian situation? Have which they? Is, which I've, is what they've done, yes. I've not read anything about that. They absolutely I, have. And I, not only that, they are now saying that they, may, they might have considered taking, taking Hartley because actually it doesn't really matter what, what the balance is in the squad. If a hooker goes down, you just bring the next one in. No, because the biggest concern about Hartley was that he wouldn't have had a game for six months. He wouldn't have been able to play in any of the warm-up. Wouldn't have been able to play against Fiji. But it certainly seems important now, though, doesn't so it? So Youngs didn't cover himself in glory. Weber was a, no. bit, a bit average last week. Yeah. Jamie George. Uh, he missed. He no. missed his first line out. But then he hit a beautiful back ball. He was busy around the park. Yeah, he carried well when he came on. Good back ball I think, as well. So is, think, it, is it Mullet Hyphen Dicky gone? Gone. I'd probably yes. get rid of two. I, I would also be tempted to get rid of two. I would get rid of two because now I know now I know the rules. I'll do that. But I think they'll keep three because they've said that they're going to go with three. Uh, George then Youngs. Yeah, Youngs and George are my top two, uh, depending on order. And then well, Weber. Well, for now, we'll put a little question mark next. Does to Weber. Weber excite you? Do you, do you, no. do you when you look no, at the name Weber? Not at all. Do you just look? Am I just filling up a not squad there for the sake of it? Not at all. Um, second row then. Here's possibly the, the toughest decision. Laws and Launchbury. There. They're still first choice for me. Atwood's first choice and for me. me. I like Atwood off the bench. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good point. But I still... and, and Parling, if you do have trouble with the lineup, you know where to go. Do you really need four locks? You could take Easter, and he's a lock back row. 
No, because you could also say Laws is a lockback row option. So, firstly, are we knocking? Well, are we knocking Cruz off? Good, uh, impressive as he's been, we're knocking him off. I'd knock yes. off Parling. Parling is a question mark for me. All right, so we've got Weber and Parling as question marks. Back row, then. What happens here, then? Okay, do you want to? Actually it's, pretty base... sim- it's pretty simple, isn't it? We just take Callum Clark out of that. Why he played bloody well? I mean, he got he got a yellow card, but I tell you what, he did a damn sight better around the break breakdown the breakdown than Robshaw and Haskell did. He did do better I, on the breakdown. I've, I've gone on record to talk about Haskell. I don't rate him as highly as you do, JB. I don't I, rate him highly well, as I tell you what, if, a lot of people do. But if I'm picking based on the performances, he's, he's not going, unfortunately. And I, I, I love Haskell, but no, no chance. I, I think he will be going. I think he will go. I'm not sure whether he should. His, his performance at the weekend was not great. His yeah. carrying was poor, and he gave away a lot well, of penalties. This, this is the democracy. So Rob Shaw definitely. Yep. Wood definitely, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, well, he's the vice captain, isn't he? If anything goes, happens to we'll line out as well. Well, to Rob Shaw, Wood, Wood's the Wood's the man. Yeah, he, he's the second captain, isn't he? All right, and we'll come back to Haskell and yeah. Clark as well. Vunapola um, looked so lethargic. He, he was getting ball on the back foot, going backwards, and he's the only carrier. They this look- is, but this is my problem with him. It's not just that he's our only carrier. He's Carrying is all he does. No, his work on the floor mm. is excellent. Yeah, okay. I think he works. Well, France, he, France nullified his carrying, and he, yes. just, he just think they should have just used him as a decoy more than they did. Yes, but, but who, I completely uh, agree. Here's a question: Who else does a carrying in that team other than Vunapola? Oh, I know. Well, the other the other Vunapola and Atwood off the bench. Marla, yeah. Marla does. Laws does a bit, but he's not great. And Youngs does. Youngs or George? Lord, yeah, because Launchby's not a great carrier. No, in my opinion, I would take all three of those back rows. Vanapola, Morgan, take Easter. and Easter. I would, I would take Easter. I'd rather. What's your thinking behind Easter? He can cover both positions. He can cover lock and lock and a and they played uh, at Saturday the last twenty minutes with Vanapola at six and Easter at eight, which does multiply your carrying options. Here's my thought uh, with that though: is you uh, you were talking about how important line out is and set piece ball is. Yeah. If it does go without Dylan Hartley at hooker, if it does start to go wrong with Jamie George or Tom Youngs, then. Jeff Parling, I just think, could be that important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. uh, more important than Easter I'm would be sure as, a, Jeff as an Parling option. I, I would say ditch Easter, take an extra lock, and use laws as you, as, as you flip between. Croft's so, sniffing around so as well. Me and yeah. JB are taking Easter out. Yeah, okay. I like Easter a lot. I've got a lot of time for Minty. <laughs> Did anyone notice it? <laughs> he... Where did we stand with Parling? We'll have Parling in. The... If Easter's out, you've got, you've got to have Parling. Can I... Did anyone notice that. East was doing a lot of the talking at the end of the game as well. Yes. Don't know if I've been reading too much into that, but I did. Right, final final decision in the pack before we move on to the backs then. Come on, Haskell or Clark? I think we're going to have to lose one of these, aren't we? Yes. Haskell goes. goes. Haskell goes. Haskell goes. Two things. I think Clark's been really, really good. Are you judging that on the season? You think Clark's been brilliant, or are you just judging oh, it on yeah. last week's uh, match? No, no. Clark is a very, very good good flanker. Where, where is the JB that's just been you going lo- on and on about Haskell all season long? I love Haskell. I, I genuinely love Haskell, but push comes to shove I'm thinking now when it comes down to, narr- to, to like, oh. narrowing the squad Hass can start at six which Clark probably can't do so I would go for Hass you've, so you've been outvoted so Haskell's in Clark's out so out of the pack four names are going Corbiziero Mullet hyphen Dickey Cruz and Clark oh and Easter five names and, and Easter yeah five names so we've got to lose three out of this back line where do, where do, where do, where so, do you lose well let's start with the easy one 36 and go right all, 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 <laughs> well, all three wingers are uh, are in Yes. yes, nailed on. Uh, Mike Brown's in. Yes. Uh, um, is he? Yeah. Yes. I think Goodall's Of course, it, Mike Brown. 
Google stop. Are you? Are you <laughs> He's what just are trying you to be contrary. He's just trying to be contrary. Right, okay, so who played the best? Uh, I thought I, I thought Mike, Mike Brown didn't play anywhere near as. Are good. you joking? He was the only England player that I think came out of it with any credit. Uge just ran right round him. <laughs> it, it was Uge in full flight. Yeah, but he had to go off one foot, then the oh, other foot, and get round him. Back in your box. He had a few games. <laughs> hey, hey, okay. Uh, all right. So we, we know we know he's going to pick Ford and Farrell. Yeah, both of those uh, in. Both of those should be in. How is Billy Twelve Trees? We talked about this a few weeks ago. How is he even in the squad? How did he even come onto the pitch in France on Saturday? And Carl Eastman was watching it on the telly. That pass in yeah. the, in France's twenty-two that just went to no one. It, just a little pop pass. Oh. He's had a terrible season what? and Kyle Eastman's been the form inside centre in the season. It just made me angry. Get rid of Bur- whilst you're there, can you get rid of Burgess as well? Let's, let's finally put this fast to well, bed. We need to get rid of two names out of this. Burgess. I, would uh, get, I personally would get rid of Burgess. As well as he played last week, he is too much of a liability to carry at centre. I think still he's got more chance of playing in the pack. I mean, yeah. he doesn't literally have more chance of playing in the pack. All right, but for so me, he does. Sippers then. Sippers! Yeah, he, uh, he, uh, he made a big impact when he came on, hmm, didn't he? He did score, but did he make a big impact per se? I mean, as almost he, a bit of a... he did get voted man of the match after playing all, really? only seventeen minutes. Yes. Oh wow, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Um, and it, but it was. I, I, I'll tell you who I think had the biggest impact. I think it's Danny Kerr because he he got quick ball. He just sped everything up, and you could argue that that was the forwards giving him quicker ball, but. Youngs has this tendency to pick up and look for options and crab across the field. And it's, occasionally it goes well, but it did not go well in that game. Danny Kerr was, for me, the man who made the biggest impact. So we got all our scrum halves. Youngs, Kerr, Wiggy, there, Wigglesworth, they're through. Ford, Farrell, Slade makes it. Definitely for me. Definitely. Um, well, so, so the decision you've got, you've got one player needs to be lost out of Danny Cipriani, oh, yeah, yeah. Sam Burgess, seven, or Andy Good. Andy Good gone. Alex Good, Andy staying. Alex Good. So, <laughs> um, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, hold on, how many names? We need two of those. Let me just throw something out there. One, two, three, four, okay, five, now I don't six, know what kind seven, of injury Barrett... Yeah, we, need, we need two of them. Two of them have to go. I don't know what injury oh, Barrett is carrying, but is there a chance that Burgess is going to sneak through because of Barrett's kind of unfortunate situation? But, so Lancaster we, said yeah. that Barrett, he, he hopes that Barrett will return to training this week, but that is not a definite. And if Barrett's injury is worse, then we could see Burgess in or Barrett. But my, my first choice would be Barrett, then Burgess go, oh goes home. Word. And I would personally have Sippers in the squad as a, my second choice 15 and Goud out. Because Sippers offers something completely different. You can have him on your bench covering 10, 15. This is controversial. So Burgess goes. Yeah. Uh, 36 is gone. I think Goud's going to start. I think Sippers has forced his for, way in. I so are you, are you saying you drop Mike Brown from the squad? Just are bear, you ab- are you just bear, mental? Just bear he's, with me. He's just trying to just be the Six Nations player, the player of the just uh, the player of the tournament. With me, I thought Good played better. Okay, I thought Brown had a few holes in his game on um, on the weekend. I, just, and I, here's I, I, the I thing. don't even want to waste good podcast time on no, this. No. This is ridiculous. We've got a lot of good stuff to get through. Yeah, this yeah. Is so we don't need to talk about this. It's well, just ridiculous. Uh, hang on. Well, what's no. the point of me being here? You've you said your piece. No, I've not finished yet. And the <laughs> and, and the last part, it just worries me in the same way it worries me about North. What if he gets a, a knock early doors and then and then has to go home? He, That's he, my big worry. Yeah, he, he has had six months out. He, yeah. He's past concussion protocol long ago. He is. 
that's, that's for all like, intents and purposes, yeah. absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's like saying, what happens if Haskell wants to launch another business product into the market during the World Cup? He might be distracted with, <laughs> with a new set think, of kettlebells. If you don't think he is <laughs> going to launch every product under the sun during the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I would, I would drop Goud uh, and have Sippers. What do you say, JB? Goud or Sippers? Brown. <laughs> no way is good not going good goes home good's just done too many good things in an England shirt recently mm, he's had one good game his last starting game was against Ireland when he was pretty 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 poor yeah not, the... not just because he, he came on I've watched him a lot playing for sale and Sippers goes to the World Cup yes good goes home and watches it on the can telly can he please still scupper his chances of going no, no. He's, he's been November. bailed until November Smart. Yeah. <laughs> look He's still at, not been charged with anything. Look at our yeah. 31 man England squad. You what? missed the wild card as well. What's that? Croft. <laughs> Croft sniffing around. Pennell yeah. was training with the squad was last really? week. Yeah. Croft it, is sniffing around. It, if there. Croft was fit, I, 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 would, I would probably quite happily ditch Haskell for Croft. I think most people would. If he was fit. If, if he was fit and had a sustained. Yes. He normally he gets doesn't fit need for the World Cup. anything, though, does he? Oh, he's such an athlete. He just shows up for Lions tours. <laughs> Turns up for his bag of stash at the Lions. Yeah, on, on the Lions tour. Uh, yeah, which bag's mine? You weren't picked. Which bag's mine? <laughs> Before we depart from uh, the England situation and talk about other things, Phil, you want to talk about something that Neil Back? has raised in the aftermath of the match. Uh, it wasn't actually the aftermath of the match, it was before the match. Really? Yeah. It oh, was, wow. This... I think it was Thursday last week. Clot thickens. Where Neil Back was being interviewed. They're, I think they're interviewing everyone who's uh, everyone who's English who's won a World Cup mm-hmm. um, to try and get a little sound bites. I haven't heard anything from Mark Regan. I haven't heard anything from Mark Regan yet. You will do, Tim. You will do. Oh, Don't Mark worry. Um, and he said that he doesn't believe that that... Chris Robshaw is in the top five open sides in the world. Okay. And that obviously asks the question, well, who is? Given that England are, they've just moved down to the fifth ranked team in the world. So by logic, you'd assume that the starting five open sides for the top five teams would be the top five in the world. Well, unless one team has got, okay, well, there's two better sevens in Wales and there's two better sevens <laughs> in, uh, in Australia, right? <laughs> I mean, this isn't me. This what? is who, who do you rank? What number one seven in the world? Well, let's just let's just go with go 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 with go with McCaw because yeah. you can just say McCaw. Yep. McCaw is number one. I think everyone would agree with that. Yeah, yep. Hooper hoops at two. Yeah, I'd go with that. Francois Lowe. Yes, I probably would yeah, say he's I'd ahead. Probably of, say he's ahead of them. Pocock. I would Him say Pocock. How about Sean O'Brien? Yeah. How about Sam Warburton? Uh, Sam Warburton, Rob Shaw is a close run thing in, in my opinion. That's where it's not even close. No, I agree. That's where it gets quite more tricky to I pick. I tell you where it well, is tricky. What about Doucetois? Doucetois is a very good player. Here's where it gets really tricky for um, uh, for Rob Shaw. Tipperick or Rob Shaw? I would have Rob Shaw. I'd have Rob Shaw. Well, Tipperick's arguably the best link player in the world. Uh, I, so, yeah, so he's behind McCaw, Hooper, Pocock... Francois Lowe. Uh, Francois Lowe. Doucetois. Doucetois. Sean O'Brien. Sean O'Brien. Warburton. Uh, Warburton. Warburton. Stefan Armitage is an interesting one. Yeah. 100% Stefan Armitage. What about, what about, he's not really the typical seven mould, but he frequently plays seven, Mamuka Gorgodza. 
<laughs> who would you pick? Okay, you've got to win the World Cup. Who do you so, want? So what, so what we're actually saying is that Chris Robshaw is in danger of not being in the top 10 open sides in the world. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Mamuka Gorgodza is exactly the sort of player that Sri Lankast wouldn't play because he'll show up to Penny Hill Park and he'd be eating his dog or something. <laughs> so it just shows culture isn't everything. A lot of those guys are traditional seven moulded players. Well, no, I say a lot of them. McCaw's not. McCaw is McCaw's everything. everything. Francois Lowe does everything. Dusatois just tackles everything. Robshaw is more of a six and a half. He has a bit more all round to his game, but his turnover work isn't quite as good. Is Robshaw in the top five, six and a halves in the world? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But he's not in the top five, uh, top five sevens. Have, mm. have England got any players in the top five in their position? Marla. Yeah, Marla may be the best in the world at what he does. Um, uh, Courtney Laws, perhaps? I think Laws certainly <sighs> name don't know. deserves a mention. Uh, Marla, Courtney Laws and Mike Brown. Jonathan Joseph as an outside centre. Could be getting there. Um, uh, close. So you've got Comrade Smith. Comrade Smith. Fekitoa might even be better than Jonathan Joseph. Yeah. Kurinjani. Definitely. Bastaro. Definitely. I think Bas- right, Definitely. I, I always get laughed at when I say I think Bastro is probably the the best out, outside centre that there is because just just think about how how good he must be to look like that behave like that <laughs> but then just win everything and give the best team in the world in Toulon front football he's kept quite quiet yeah the, the France's the France's, you... France's strength on Saturday wasn't their running game no it was their control and their but pack. we should talk about Uge. Um, as JB's named him the slipperiest man um, on earth earth. although there is a little bit of me that every single time I see him doing anything good just makes my blood boil a little bit that he shouldn't be on a pitch do you know what shouldn't be on a pitch with that stamp yes I'm starting to like him more and more now particularly after the stamp because well because he's just he's such a bad guy and I I can't (laughs) help but just just root for him it feels like I'm watching a WWE heel he he looks a bit like Razor (laughs) Razor Ramon did you see Um, yeah I'm pretty sure next week he'll be playing with like a toothpick did you see when he glided in for that try and he slid over do you see what he did as he put did he just carry on sliding because there's no friction <laughs> underneath his belly <laughs> he slid for a long a suspiciously long way <laughs> but then got up onto his knees and blew a kiss to the crowd yes oh. 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 lovely I love him I absolutely love him and the way that he stepped around uh, yeah, okay he's very nasty stamping on people's faces but you know if it was 10-15 years ago it, it was all the rage oh, you're so him. offensively insincere when you say that Jim. Oh, bless him. Oh. He's such a good player, though. Well, uh, <laughs> Uge running off um, Michelac, who I thought was done. I thought he was absolutely done. Uh, and as Phil said before, the first game of international rugby is 2002. Yes. Isn't that incredible? He's, he, basically a, a, he's basically the same sort of peer group as Johnny Wilkinson. He's also now France's all-time record point scorer. Wow. And, and uh, he's got the longest international career for a French player. Is that right? Fact. As in, over the years. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, that is a great fact. Um, two great facts, Tim. Two great facts. Mm-hmm. Sorry, let me give you a double fact. Fact. Thank you. Right. Um, I think we've talked enough about England. I want to move on. I, I, I'm glad for a week off from England, and I hope it's a different England. Although, before we depart, cause we're going to talk about Stash in a little while, but um, I mentioned this last week, and it was even more pronounced this week. There's something going on with the, the, the cut and the fit of the England shirt where it sort of puffs up around the neck, makes them look like they have massive traps. Yeah. And, uh, and the, sort of the that, sleeve sort of rides up a little bit and it puffs up. It looks like they've all got pads on. That collar. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. 
But I do like those little uh, little sleeves. Oh, yes. We were talking about this. The NFL sleeve. Yeah. On some players, it was yeah. re- like Marla over I'm, those big arms. I'm a big, big fan of it. Oh, I've got a brilliant thing of Marla. I think we should um, break up. This is Marla giving a masterclass on the, <laughs> the dark arts of the scrum or not. Uh, Joe Marla makes it sound a lot more simple than it is. Surely born into the front row. Six feet tall and weighing in at over 17 stone, he's Can't spent more the last than that. few years learning his trade at the coalface of the scrum. And he's agreed oh, to share goodness. some of the secrets of that twilight zone with us. Right, so this is Joe Marla getting technical and getting deep on the dark arts and the technicalities of the scrum. So have you got your pen and paper? Are you taking, you're okay. taking notes, JB? Ready? still gets very dark and um best way to describe it very dark and difficult yeah it's a very dark <laughs> place and people talk about the dark arts and stuff like that but there's not really any of that going on it's about pushing and whoever can push the artist you know comes out on top so there you go stop stop is it dark arts that he's referring to yeah well no i think he's just saying it goes dark because like we all scrummage and our heads are in and you can see the <laughs> shadows on the ground uh, of our body just pushing in it but it's just all a bit dark. of pushing it's like pushing hard uh, I've, I've, I've said this for, for years propping is basically about pushing it's about pushing in it pushing hard um, have you ever seen the french scrummaging machine no. You it, told me about it, the it mechanical is, one. Yeah, it's a mechanical one. It's made by the same people that make the French, the French Air Force jets. And it is amazing. <laughs> and it replicates the up, the opposite team that they're about to play against. Oh, wow. That's like um, Manchester City, their training ground, um, have about three different training pitches that they, before, in a, before an away game, the week before, they will cut... The, they will make the line the pitches so the dimensions are exactly the same as the opponent's team, and that's amazing. They cut the grass and they re-turf to make the turf exactly the same as the opponents they're going to play. That's wow. incredible. Yeah, that's the attention to detail there. Um, right, I reckon we've been talking about the England squad. Um, Phil, you've sort of got a little roundup of some of the surprises from the other squad announcements that have already happened. Yes, I have. I've been doing a little review. Uh, a few key points from... I've got five here that have been announced in the past week. Um, so, Australia. No huge surprises on the people that are in. Gitto and Mitchell are in. But out, White, Nick White, who was superb and we mm. all thought was going to be in, and Horwell. And then the surprise in the Australia squad is the balance of it. They've only got two hookers, two scrum halves. They've only got one... Specialist 13 and one specialist 15, but they've got five specialist wingers. They've got people like Adam Ashley Cooper, Rob Horn, who can uh, play Henry Spate, Joe Tamani, Drew Mitchell. It's what we talked about before that the Australians kind of it's in their game, they have inside backs and outside backs, they don't have wingers, centers, all the rest of it, like like we do. Yeah, so that's really the kind of the surprise. Um, I I think, I mean, it just stands to reason that selecting only one guy that can kick sticks and selecting a maverick 10 that's this the formula of winning world cups that's what we've learned from <laughs> exactly all the years of world right. cups isn't it <laughs> mm. um then fiji's squad was announced no real surprise about people that are out seramai by who's 36 at leicester he's out and then uh, there's a few english players who were in tikrituma gonova uh matuala baths matualu Namani Ndolo of the Crusaders, who was at Exeter Chiefs for a couple of games a few years ago, who weighs 19 stone mm. 10 as a winger slash centre. And uh, Leone Nakarawa, the Glasgow lock, who is in superb form based on 
his performances last season and yeah. the Pacific Nations Cup is in. We've got Argentina, France and Italy. Yeah. A- any sort of big name omissions or is it all pretty much as expected? Argentina's fairly routine. Uh, Sacchino um, of Newcastle is a surprise entry who just got... He played very He's well in. though. Uh, in, the, in the rugby championship, yeah. yeah, it was at Rotherham a couple of years ago. It's yeah, crazy. Hey, I think Newcastle needed a lot, a lot of credit. They, they seem to have signed very intelligently and kept some of their own. So yeah. actually, no, they signed him. Uh, I think it was Rotherham. Yeah, was it yeah. Nottingham. No, no, I think you're right. He was at Nottingham before that. Was, was he? he? Or he was at Rotherham I, then Nottingham? Anyway, it? he was in the championship. Yeah. That's yes, all, that's, that was it. Um, Italy have announced their squad: Bortolami and Barbieri out. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, wow. Not huge surprise. Bortolami's 35-36. Former captain, over 100 caps, but probably past his best. And Mauro Bergamasco, the flanker slash scrum half, (laughs) is in. And then France, the two big surprises. uh, Tranduk is out, who did play very well. Mm. Um, And the cutest... Man in rugby. Uh, Chucky. Xavier. Chucky. Chucky. Chucky and Weenie might play in. in the front row for France. As well, far no, as JB's, Chucky's, Chucky's out. Chucky's out. Yeah, I know. But, as far you know, as JB is concerned, Chucky um, is a name as cute as Uge is when he's stamping on, <laughs> on other players' faces. No, 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 no. Uge's bad. He's a bad man. <laughs> he is a bad man. And the, the French, the kind of surprise in the balance is they've picked four recognised scrum halves, albeit. Michelac is really considered as a 10 and Cocker and Para can kind of play a bit of 10 as yeah, well. Yeah, they can actually. So that's the roundup mm. of those. Interesting. Right. Um, so Stuart Lancaster names his squad on Thursday. That may well have already happened by the time you're listening to this podcast and you may well be laughing your head off at some of our suggestions <laughs> about what the squad should look like. But let us know what you think at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Uh, now I'm going to go back to you, Phil, because you have prepared a little bit of a quiz for us. I have to. So what is this? Um, get, you, get your pens and paper out the ready yeah. and ready to join in. Pens and paper. Now, mm-hmm. We're still a little bit off from the Premiership, but I thought I would test your Premiership knowledge of squad players, Make... squad squad depth. Oh, it's going to be a walk in the park. Oh, I'm not feeling happy about this. So I've listed quite a few players, not a huge number, but quite a few players who have played a good number of games last season. Uh, most, most are on the 10-12 mark. Uh, so played half of their club's games in the Premiership last season. I'm just going to give you the name, and I want you to tell me which club they oh, are this from. Is very exciting. Okay. Wow. One point for each. All right. So it'll start off very easy. David CC. Do you want to know the club where he's moving to as well? Uh, for an extra point. Just, 
just oh, oh, hit oh, the oh, club. I'll, I'll put it in there. I'll put it in there. No extra points. <laughs> just just the, the club he played for last season. Bath, moving to London Irish. Bath. Bath. You're going back Bath. to London Irish, upgrading your point that, as well. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So well, he's on loan to London Irish last time. Or was he? I don't know. Uh, so one point all. Yeah. Number two, Will Collier. Another easy one. Yep. Jay, come um, on, believe Nancy now. Come on. Right on. Harlequins. Harlequins. Correct. Do you always write it down or just shout it out? I'll write it down. Well, well, I'll, write it, I'll write it down and you say your, your name because then, right. then I can prove my working. Number three. Yeah. Alex Rogers. Ooh. He played 12 games last season. Jay, you going to shout it out? Uh, I'm going to go with Exeter. I've gone Newcastle, but I don't know. Newcastle is correct. Uh, yes. He's a, a Newcastle prop. How many of these have we got? Can we quit there? Stop there, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Byron McGuigan. Crikey. He played 11 times last season. Okay. London Irish. And Tim. I've gone Newcastle again. No points for anyone. Uh. Exeter. Who's uh. the McGuigan that's at Newcastle? There's a hooker there. Is there is a hooker. Yeah. Yeah. It right. might be Barry... No, is it Barry McGuigan? No, it's not the boxer. No, not Barry McGuigan. Barry McGuigan. Barry McGuigan. Northern Irish boxer. Go on. Okay. That's a terrible accent to our Northern Irish <laughs> listeners. I apologise to the, all the Ulstermen listening. Go on. Okay, R.C. Tuala. I'm having a nightmare. I have no idea. Say his first name again. R.C. Spell A-H-S-E-E. Okay. Not that that will help you. Uh, Jay, have you London, got someone? Yeah, London Welsh. I've written down London Welsh. No, that's... Northampton, Northampton Saints. Ah. Oh, he's a winger. winger Alfie, Alfie Tuala was at London Welsh. Wing, winger, fullback. Uh, oh, I did know him. He, he yeah. played a lot towards the end he of the did. season. He's quite good as well. He was very good. Came yeah. on with George North. I think he might be in the Samoa squad as well. Damn right. it! Okay, another easy one. Billy Meeks. Okay. Yeah. Gloucester. Gloucester. Correct. He's stacked, by, by, by the way. Still 4-3. Four, three, four, three, still a point up. <laughs> three more. All right, come on. Let's rattle for him there. Owen Griffin. Crikey. He played 12 games last season in the Premiership. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. Total guess this one. Okay, Jay. No idea. Good game's a quick game. Uh, I'm <laughs> going to go with... Wasps. London Irish. London Irish is correct. Oh. Yeah. Five, three. I know London Irish. I thought if it's London Irish, you'd definitely know him and you'd well, be more confident. That's, that's why I went. <laughs> I could oh, tell. I'm, I'm not sure. Because no. you wrote it down very, very quickly, Tim. <laughs> and, then started going, and then started going, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> right, okay, okay, two more. Yeah. Two more. So, Jay, it's 5 to... 3. Jay needs to get both of these. And hope that I don't get one. James Cannon. Oh, god damn it. Come on, Jay. The wasps again. I don't know. Wasps. Wasps is correct. An unassailable 6-4 lead. Oh, God. With one to go, and that one is Cameron Neald, who played eight times. At where, sorry? (laughs) This particular club. Oh, what's his name again? Cameron Neald. Tigers? Uh, Sail Sharks. Sail Sharks is correct. Never heard of him. Oh, dear. That was a disaster. 7-4 to Tim. That was a disaster. I thought. Back to where you know and expect JB to be when it comes to a quiz. Ah, that was better. Very good, Tim. Very good. Right. 
a bumper edition of Stash Watch now. Uh, I'm going to get. I'm going to let this music play for a little bit longer and just let JB. Uh, just devastated. Yeah. So at Rugby Podcast, you can find us on Twitter. And there's been loads of pictures back, back and forth. And what I love is that every single time there's a new kit launched, we get a massive number of people tweeting to Rugby Podcast, and we really appreciate these, uh, letting us and showing us and naming and shaming those people that don't wear the boots in the promotional kit shots and those people that do wear. And I'm happy to report there is a massive number of people that have been wearing boots. And I genuinely put this down to us. Yeah. And I put this down to collectively and with your support on Twitter and, and by listening to the podcast and... Um, I mean, we know for a fact that Canterbury made sure their players at the England kit launch had boots on, and they said, "You're, you know, we've we've done that," and they and they did the same with other people they make. But it's not happening nearly as much as it used to, and I genuinely put that down to the influence of our little campaign. So thank you for getting behind it. Yeah, well, kit makers want to sell kits, and they look rubbish with trainers. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> they do. So let's uh, let's get into a stash watch then. Stash. Um, and uh, I'm going to talk about... I mean, it's been a painful podcast to talk about the England match. It's also a, a painful podcast. It's got to be a painful podcast, Jay, to talk about Exeter Chiefs. Yeah. What um, are they doing? That orange and black garish number. I mean, I, I don't know if there's a single Exeter Chiefs fan that would come out and defend that. We, no. we used to talk about a golden age of stash. Are we going into a, an, a horrible... Oh, it's just... We've, we've had a lot of bad kits. It's awful, isn't it? It looks like the sort of kit you would come up with if you were in charge of a sevens team and you were under eighteen. You know, <laughs> you know the more intricate, the better. And uh, <laughs> or if, or if you, I don't know. They maybe they run run a competition to you know with under eights to design a kit. I but would say are... I'd say they ran a uh, a kit comp, uh, a kit competition with a gaggle of tribal leaders from uh, from somewhere because. I, I, <laughs> They've got to be very careful, Exeter. I mean, they already have the chief, and obviously that's a, you know, a doff of the cap to the Native American population around Exeter. <laughs> but then to go ahead and then go through all this tribal marking, just don't do it, yeah. boys. There, there must be a more traditional kit look which you can go for. Right, now, they, they have got their... What's the, they released a black one as well this week that is a lot more traditional yeah. and, is it, and I, is quite nice. Is it a European shirt or something? The, the multicolored one, I think it... Yeah. Or the European Champion Cup fixtures. Oh, I feel a bit better about that. Is the European Champion Cup, Champions Cup just going to be a dumping ground for the worst kits on earth? <laughs> potentially, potentially. <laughs> uh, right, let's that, that home one. That's nice. That home one is really nice. Yeah. It's All right. I feel, no, I feel, I feel better. I feel better about that. Um, Leinster. Let's go across the Irish Sea to Leinster, um, the Dubliners and their kit. Now it's got a like herringbone type get up where it's got little lines going down on the belly part which I just think is all kinds of unflattering (laughs) even for ripped men like Jamie Heaslip suddenly looks like he's got love handles and he hasn't (laughs) making the Leinster kit is one of the easiest jobs in world rugby you make it blue and and you incorporate some white and sometimes you put in some yellow you don't need any patterns, you don't need anything else. This isn't too bad for me. I, I like but it. It's okay. I mean, it's it, okay. It's okay. I think, I think Martin Moore won't be too happy with it, and Mike Ross, but, but everyone but else should be. I like the white detailing at, at the top. I love the fact that they've got the badge. And the three stars. And the three stars, and that's all white, and it's all very neat and comes together. But then why add, add that little 
faded a bit. Like, do you know when you're when you're coming from like a sixty to a thirty and you get those little lines? <laughs> I, I don't really see it. Lens to slow down, I guess. Then let's talk about wasps. We're going to rattle through these. There's so many wasps. Don't oh, like it. I don't like it at don't all. Don't like it at all. So to describe it, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's all black except it's got the yellow it's, bits. It's made by Under Armour with some. With some strange yellow bits, one like V going down from the neck to the middle it's of the not chest. Like a v. It looks like. Look at that. I, I, no, it's an ice cream cone. It, <laughs> it is an ice cream cone. It is an ice cream cone, but it looks like a couple of things. Look, um, when, when you look at the whole shirt, and why is Land Rover on there twice? twice. Yes, that right. I spotted. It is so unnecessary to right. have two Land Rover. By the way, how much nicer would it be if they just had, I don't know, hoops? But look at that. Look at that. That looks like a whole. The whole shirt looks like a face. With that Land Rover being the mouth, the wasp from the other Land Rover being the eyes, and this thing being the nose. Yeah, so, I can see that. And and also, it just I, when Christian Wade and the other players were in the promotional shots, they just looked like they were wearing a bikini. Which <laughs> just really bothered me. I, I, none of us have ever been in a design team, so you know, may, maybe Tim well, has. More's you know, the pity. Yeah, if your brief was wasp, what would you go with? Would you go with horizontal stripes or a single <laughs> vertical stripe to the head? Look, I'm going to rattle through these because uh, for me it gets, uh, I think, possibly worse with Bay- Bayon. Uh, I mean... Oh, Kappa. Uh, you just, don't see many Kappa no, kits. I don't mind that. And I don't like that. No, I don't like that. Oh, I, don't I don't like don't. that. Untraditional colours for Cardiff Blues for their alternate kit. Now, uh, this is... But uh, a traditional type of kit and it just looks good. Do you know what that Canterbury. is? Do you know why that exists? Why? It's uh, Is it not for Owen Williams? Oh, it is. Oh, I, think yes. I think that's why they've... The, Europe, the European shirt stay strong for for Rose. For Rose. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you're right. Right, if you really want to like bring your lunch back up, maybe <laughs> going for a little bit of part time bulimia, then just look at the Connacht kit for the new season. Ooh. Oh, oh my god! Oh. Lifestyle sh- sport. <laughs> Lifestyle sport. It's a god. terrible sponsor. It's a life- terrible design. It's there's lines going in all kinds of different. Why is a lifestyle sport like gardening? <laughs> Look, it looks like an it looks like an OS relief map, some mountains or something. <laughs> Topography map. Why? Why have they done that? Thank you, Phil, for the terminology. It's all kinds of wrong. Uh, are we doing Edinburgh? Oh, Edinburgh and Glasgow. Oh. Ed- Edinburgh, right? Crusaders. A yes, f- a few that... years ago had a red and black chainmail kit. <laughs> that they're Crusaders, so I can kind of understand the the link. What Edinburgh? Edinburgh what? Ed- think... Edinburgh rugby. Yeah, did they used to be called the Gunners or something? Reavers. No, that border Re- reavers. Border reavers. border reavers. Yes. Yeah. yeah so here's they my... have they have got a castle on their badge. Yeah. So I, I can kind of see the link. Here's here's my ruling on that. Have chainmail all you want, but make sure it's real. I think they should all be forced <laughs> to wear several kilograms of chainmail. <laughs> I think you'll find it's uh, contrary to the laws of the game. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, no, definitely. They, they mean... made their bed. They shall uh, they shall lie in it. There is oh. a specific law about the density of the the fabric that your kit can be made from. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty sure that chainmail would uh. would contravene that. And the only thing I'm going to do just to make us all feel a little bit better is just show you a picture of that France kit, oh. the alternate kit. Oh, that's yes. so good. Oh, it's just... That's oh, so good. So beautiful. I just want to be alone with that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, it's lovely. It's so nice. Yeah. So, uh, do you think these this like spate of late releases of shirts just because they run out of ideas, they run out of time, throw something together, let's move on? I don't believe we're the only people sat here going, look at that, that's a beautiful shirt by France. Look at that hideous shirt by Connor or... Well, Leicester Tigers is going to be a classic, right? Leicester Tigers is going to be a classic example of looking back and thinking, hang on, 
Why do they do that? It's aged terribly. But the other new ones that we've not mentioned. Oh, have we? Go, go. Glasgow, the camouflage. Oh, oh my God. Uh, uh, what is it? Is it like snow camo? Like white, blue, dark... White, black oh, and no. red. Is no, it no, it's a red? red one, isn't it? Oh, there's red, red in it, yeah. So I don't know what you're hiding from with that. Hmm. Um, unless it's like the, the, the zebra theory, which is zebras are black and white, not because they blend into the background, because when they're together, they, they, blend, they blend in. It's hard to pick one from another. Exactly. Ah. So it might just be a massive Glas- uh, Glaswegians coming towards your line. <laughs> um, that's the only thing I can think of. Uh, ospreys as well have got a kit out. Oh, yes, they have. Now, as you well know, ospreys are black and red. Where does the red come from? <laughs> I mean, uh, from what I know, there there are no large sea um, fish-eating birds in Swansea, so I don't know why they're called the ospreys to start with. But if you're going to go with that and you're going to buy into that premise, why not go black and white? Mm. It's meant to be neat. It's meant to be Swansea. And where where's the red come from? <laughs> lost, absolutely lost on that. Maybe there's something we don't know. Maybe they're shutting down Scarlets and it's going to amalgamate that that uh, province as well, or whatever <laughs> it's called, not province, province, region, whatever. Region, yeah, whatever. Anyway, a big old stash watch, and I think generally speaking, but for a few exceptions, it's been a bad, bad summer for stash. Yes, with yeah, a few on the whole. probably one of the worst, worst in living memory. Just salvaged slightly by, as we say, France, um, England to a lesser extent, and Argentina's uh, um, home and away. Argentina's you know, little um, commemorative show. So, oh, and also, you can't have more that. than two things on your chest. Has Phil seen the Jamie Cudmore video yet? Have you seen the Jamie Cudmore video, Phil? Oh, yes. He he defeats CrossFit. Have I seen the Jamie Cudmore video? So describe the Jamie Cudmore video, Phil, as you just imagine (laughs) pitching a tent up on a mountainside with Jamie, uh, cooking over an open fire that he just, he made by rubbing two sticks together. Not the two sticks you'd like to be rubbing together with Jamie Cudmore. Oh, Tim. Tim. Oh, Tim. Go on. So it's a very, very lowbrow tip. It's very what's, lowbrow. What's the, uh, the Jamie Cudmore video? It's Jamie Cudmore basically swinging on a climbing frame. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if it was... Is that like a skyscraper? <laughs> He's swinging through like downtown New York, <laughs> smashing through buildings. It's like um, King Kong, like the original King Kong. It, his fitness instructor said he's defeated... CrossFit. Defeated CrossFit, <laughs> which is like saying I completed Tinder or something. There are some people in the gym I go to that do some ridiculous things on those CrossFit bars. Just like doing doing pull-ups and then... Muscle-ups? Uh, well, no, no, not muscle Well, muscle-ups is amazing, but just the thing where that you have you have bars going... Imagine you're hanging onto a bar mm-hmm. and above your head and higher up, there's another bar, and like jump. steps, like steps. They pull up and jump and grab and catch onto the next one up and do that about half Hang a dozen on. times. Can't you do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I cannot. Can you? Obviously, no. I, I, can, tell, I can do one pull-up, I think. <laughs> yeah. I bet and Phil that's... could do it. Uh, probably not at the moment. Shoulder, post-surgery. Uh, shoulder uh, oh, oh. uh, maybe, oh. maybe someday. But the Jamie Cudmore thing. Yeah. You, right, it's very impressive, just if you think of it from an average man. But then you realise he weighs almost 19 stone. And then... Most of it is a picture of him side on where he looks big. But the last three seconds, he walks towards the camera with his shirt off. Oh, my God, he is gigantic. Do you think it's scarier him running towards you than... um, Oh, what's his name? All Black Six. Jerome Kano. Jerome Kano, who is terrifying. I think Jerome Kano probably goes a little bit faster than Jamie Cudmore. It's harder. Yeah. 
to be. It's, it's impressive video. Though. Oh, just well, I'll tell you what, what's not an impressive video, and I don't think it will get released out into the public domain. But my my uh, brother had a shoulder operation and um, last week, and he showed me a video of the specialist while he was under anaesthetic. The specialist Ooh. took a video just dislocating his shoulder oh, a number oh, of times no, just holding his no. wrist and just popping his shoulder oh. in and out it's, oh it's horrible oh. why did he do it multiple times surely he's done once no no just you know that's what, that's what I mean your, your missus is, your, both your missuses are, and he, are working you know with girls, people that are girls. Girls. <laughs> um, you know Layla would anaesthetise someone then they have a bit of fun don't they have a little peek have a little peek down the, down the shorts and, I, I, I'd be disappointed if they didn't <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, how do we move on from that? Um, any rugby this weekend? Uh, well, we've not yet talked about the Scotland performance. I don't know anything about it except for... Was there a drop goal in it or something? Uh, they scored a last-minute try. It was all, all penalties. Uh, Pygos scored a last-minute try to scrape a victory from the Jaws of Defeat to break an eight-month losing streak as well. Brilliant. Um, well, to tie in with Scotland briefly, and we were just talking about kits, have a look at the Scotland training shirt. It's the same as the Glasgow camouflage shirt, but in Scotland colours. Oh. Do you Why? know, Why? one of the most disappointing years of my life was um, when Bath started playing in camouflage. No, warming up in camouflage. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Because you couldn't watch them warm up? No, you couldn't see them. Yeah. Exactly right. It's tough, isn't it? It was awful. I don't know. When I was a kid, I always thought that camouflage kits... Why don't people do more camouflage kits? And now I'm an adult, I understand exactly why people don't do <laughs> camouflage kits. Mm. It's the same as, like, you know, th- th- there are people that go, I know, I'll get up today, what shall I put, what shall I wear? I know, I'll wear my camouflage trousers to go to go into town for a bit of a stroll about town. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Urban combat. No. Well, I suppose fishermen do the same thing, but there's a little bit of prince, there's a little bit of thought behind that, so the fishermen, fishermen. see you. Fishermen, fishermen. fishermen will always wear camo. Oh, the ones by the pond. The ones by the yeah, yeah, they are by the lake. Yeah, it's quite funny, isn't it? Because they're wearing camouflage, but they'll be listening to a radio and drinking <laughs> cans of Stella and smoking at the same time. <laughs> so I do wonder how effective that is. <laughs> right. Um, so yes, but in terms of matches this weekend, I did. Sorry, well, did got, you watch Scotland? Um, I didn't have I'd not seen the highlights anywhere. Uh, fortunately, based on what I've read, because apparently it was a dreadful game. Um, I concur with everything Phil's just said. They finally broke the the jinx. They've they've won a game. Mm. Next stop, the quarterfinal of the World Cup. Next oh, stop, yeah. World Cup final, I guess. Now we're, support, we're supporting Scotland all the way to the World Cup quarterfinals. Hey, yes. here's a little fact for you. Talking about rugby matches this weekend, and there are a few. Uh, Ireland play Wales. This will be interesting. Yep, Scotland, yeah. Scotland play Italy, so it's the reversal of the fixtures. But before all of that, the top 14 starts on Friday night. No, it no, doesn't. Fact. Well, no, no, it doesn't. It started last Friday. What? <laughs> it's already started. Fact. <laughs> this top 14 what? is crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's just to the point of it just being not on, really. <laughs> it, it isn't really on, is it? No. I mean, they <laughs> should. The top 14's already started. Yep. Four round of fixtures. There's got to be a more. It's got to be a better way to run this, isn't it? It's there? only like, just finished. Yeah. Because it finished late. Oh, and God. And they've started. Already. All, all that money you get in France is starting to... The chickens are coming home to roost, aren't they? The cocks. The, co- the cocks are coming <laughs> home to roost. Look, look, the cocks. Look, look, the cocks. Look, um, the cock. Why don't they separate out into two conferences and you can, you know, have some sort of format or... They've done it with, with uh, the pro uh, Super 15s or whatever, whatever it is now. Why not just come up with something a little bit more inventive than grinding your players into the ground? 
the meat grinder. Ireland v Wales. Come on then, Jay. I have no idea. I really don't know. I mean, I, not only do I do I not know, I know I don't know because I was thinking about England last week, thinking they look the most tournament-ready side and they get spanked. I thought Wales would all come out firing because they'd be fighting for places and they got spanked. Um, I simply don't know. It's, it's, I think it's too hard to call until we know the squads. Until you know the starting team, because Ireland have not played... Well, Wales only had one game and they played very much a second team. Ireland have had two games and they've not really played many first... They've played a handful in each. Yeah, and the rumours are they're going to bring out the big guns. Well, yeah, well, good. And uh, see, this is what... uh, There's a little bit of this whole warm-up, picking players kind of thing. There's a little part of me that goes, no, the World Cup warm-up games aren't about giving everyone game time so that you can then give everyone a chance to earn their place in the squad. The World Cup warm-ups are about preparing for a World Cup. So it's almost better, and I quite like how some of the other countries have done it, where you get the impression it's like, I know who my 31 is, maybe I've got one or two decisions to make, so I'm going to make sure those 31 guys are completely ready for a World Cup. And as we've been talking about, and I know it's partly enforced due to injury, England's starting centre partnership in a World Cup, and the whole back line as a whole, and the whole pack, well, potentially the pack, um, but the whole back line certainly might, may not have played before the first World Cup match. And that bothers me. Yeah, because they're going to be, un- they're going to be undercooked cooked and all the rest of it. But here's a theory which I've had, uh, and this is, this is me getting a little bit uh, soft inside. Um, because of the nature of all these warm-ups, and you might disagree or, or, or agree here, I've got a feeling that this World Cup is going to be the highest standard of rugby ever played in history. Simply for this reason that I've, I can't remember a time where so many international teams have had so much time together with so much money being put put into their prep, yeah, I I, I genuinely think it's it, it's it, it's going to be the collection of the best games at, at well, but, well, it's the best games, but the high, the highest standard of games ever seen. It brings a question that over attack versus defence is this the improvements that this period of time has given them? Has it had more effect on the attack or the defence? Because mm. it, if their defence has improved at a faster rate than their attack then we're going to see some dull, attritional games, well, aren't we? Well, are we? Because really good defensive teams t- turn balls over. And then no. that's exciting again. Well, yeah, but look at every World Cup there's ever been. You tell, you tell me a World Cup final where one team cut loose and showed their attacking um, prowess was the, well, that was the, could, was the winning I mean, factor. That could be pressure. But, I mean, tell you what, when, uh, when England won it, that was a hell of a World Cup final. But when England oh, lost it, it was a hell of a World Cup final. Because yeah. they were really, really chasing. No, they... it wasn't a hell of a... Oh, 1991 was. was not a hell of a World no. Cup. No, 2007. Oh, 2007. Because they brought on Matthew Tate and, and he nearly went over. Did and the Quato try Quato. in the corner. There are almost moments, but I don't think you'd hold up a single World Cup final and go... You're not the last one. You go great because it was the tension involved, but you don't go great in terms of like... What a fantastic game. Big game fishing, Tim. Mm. I've, I've said it before. <laughs> no, I get, I, I get what you're saying. Oh, but, uh, well, yeah. I'll give you an example of a defence just dominating situation. Wales Island. And the, was it seven minutes of defence? Some of the most enjoyable rugby you'll ever see. Oh, no. I yeah. Can, I, that, can, I get that. That was brilliant. Uh, just, just going back, Tim, uh, to the what we think, assuming everyone is fit, will be the starting England centre partnership of Barrett and Joseph. They've never actually started a game together. What? Yeah, I, I, did, I did say that. Fact. In this podcast? Yes, in this very podcast. Did right, you? Right I, stop. I, I, I said I don't think they've ever played together. Well, they, mm. I, I can tell you they haven't. Mm, okay. You are right, Jay. Mm. And compare that to, you know, <laughs> Ma Nonu and Conrad Smith. 
Off you go, boys. Well, if, if, if those two stop, I reckon it'll be Sonny Bill and Marlon. Well, yeah, <laughs> either way. They've all played together. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. It's just no comparison. <laughs> right. Um, right. Final thing on the agenda for today, and we'll, we'll rattle through this one. Philip, you have been working on the best Gloucester team of all time in the professional area. That's a little caveat. Um, so in the professional area, we're going down each of the premiership teams and picking the best people to have worn that shirt in the professional era. It's the turn of Gloucester today. Here we go, Gloucester. Who wore it best, Phil? Gloucester at the moment, their pack isn't very good. But historically, they've had some awesome, awesome Type 5 players. The shed faithful must be... A bit frustrated at this. So this mm. this pack is pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Have you been watching Kirby Enthusiasm a bit recently? Uh, I'm not. Pretty, <laughs> not for a, pretty. Not yeah. for a few years. Uh, so I, I've got a front row written down. I'm going to see if it's the same as yours. Well, well t- two World Cup winning props. Yeah. In Woodman, Woodman and Vickery. Vickery. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with Olivier Olivier Azam. Uh, Azam. Mm. That, I wrote down that front row and uh, but, yeah, wow. But some of the some of the props in particular that you're overlooking, Greg Somerville. Carlos Nieto. Oh, yeah. Yes. And Rodrigo Roncero, who was one of the all-time best scrummaging tight ends. So Nieto came in to replace Vickery because they basically gave up on him, I think. It was about 2008. I think kind of, so, yeah. Kind of so time. they shipped him off to Wasps and then he won a couple of Highland Cups. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, Nieto yeah, was before that, wasn't it? Before 2008. Anyway, second row, I've gone for, mentioned earlier on the pod, Marco Bortolami. Nice. And Ian Jones. All, Interesting. All black, all black, black Ian Jones. All black Ian Jones. How long was he there for? He was there for a couple of seasons. It uh, was three seasons back in 98, 99, 2000, 2001. Just look at him. He, he's, if you read the list of best all blacks of all time, he f- repeatedly makes that list. Wow. 79 all black caps. Well, um, can, I, can I chuck um, Alex Brown in as a potential shout for a exactly second? Exactly where I was going to go. Yeah. Um, the. You mentioned before Borsalami as well was club captain for about three years. Yeah, club captain so for a while. Proper soon yeah. and actually pretty good. Great front five that is. That yeah. is absolutely really, like, superb. International quality and on the bench as well. Wow. Um, back row. Yeah. Now, a bit of help with this. Kvesic, uh No. <laughs> <laughs> now, for me, Acapusi Quera has, yeah! has to be has to be seven hundred percent. He. He's captain in Fiji in the World Cup. He was repeatedly nominated for uh, Guinness Premiership Player of the Season and um, Toulouse now? repeatedly in the, the team. He went to Toulouse for a few years. Uh, he's now at Montpellier. Oh, is he? Mm. Uh, do you remember Satala who came after him? Yeah. He was a very, very good, good, good player, but I don't know if he was quite... Not as good as Nowhere near as Quare, good. Because Quare no. could play six, seven and eight and as well. And he smashed people. Yeah, so maybe yeah. you might want to put him at six depending on who you pick your team. So who else, well, who else are you contenders? Who else would you have? So, James Forrester, superb. Yes, yes. big Forrester fan. Ben Morgan, no. Gareth Delve, Delve. I don't think he had no. long enough there. No. Um, Andy Hazel, uh, yeah. yeah, good for the club. Pete, hey. Peter Buxton. Peter Buxton is the name long, that I wrote down. I've got, I've got a name for you. Junior Parrymore. Junior Parrymore as well. That's who I'd go. Talking about go, smashing people. Yeah, I'd go with Parrymore eight. Who actually? Uh, Played against Broughton Park for Luton. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Paramore at eight. Um, Nguera at yeah at 
seven, then, seven and then, then Forrester or Hazel. Or Buxton at or six. Or Buxton at six. Oh, uh, Should we go with Buxton? One club man. He could play six or lock. And let's just go for a massive pack. He, he's massive as was, well. Was, it Jake, was Jake Bohr there? Jake? Jake? No, he wasn't. No, no, he's not, he's not in that class. Mm. He was there, yeah, but no. Now, halfbacks, I had a bit of a problem. Yes. Tough on this. It, this. This is actually a tough one. There's not many people who've had extended spells at Gloucester. Well, I can tell you this much. Um, when Cash... Not Cashvilly. Yashvilly. Was a young was a young kid. He played very well. Gomasol had some good times there. Yeah, yeah Gomasol had, got... had a good few years. Peter Richards, no average no. player, but he had an extended period. Roy Lawson's their most uh, appearances for a nine. Is that no, right? Come on, no, come but, on. No, he's, I'm not saying he oh, should yeah, be yeah. in. I'm yeah, not yeah. saying. Like, You've seen they've chopped, probably... they've chopped and changed their nines a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying both both nines. You'd be and amazed, ten. wouldn't you, if Yashvili gets in their team Based and he only played there before he got seasons. to age twenty or something. <laughs> I'd go for Gomasol. Yeah, I would. Probably. On balance, maybe, yeah. Then um, 10 as well. Ludovic Mercier for me. Mercier, yeah. I, he's the record point scorer. You kick from anywhere. The other ones, Freddie Burns, no. Ryan Lamb, no. Carlos Spencer? One season. One season, no good. No not, not great, yeah. Uh, who else have they So I, I think I, Mercier. Yeah. I think we feel we're missing someone. Mark Mapletoft, no. Not him. That James, wasn't... James Hook, no. No. Mm. No. They've, if, they've not had anyone with a real extended period of time. If you if we're missing anyone, let us know. But yeah, we'll go for we'll go for him. And centre. Did Jason Little play there? Jason Little did play there. I would I would look at Jason Little. Jason Little only for a few seasons. He played for it's four names here. Anthony Allen. Yep. Mike Tyndall. Jason Little. Eliota Fuimina Sapola. Ah. Who tweet, who tweeted at the weekend, by the way, he just said one word to Ilagi. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> so, any, um, okay. Any two from them? I know you'd love to have Anthony Allen. Um, he, he got his two England caps playing for Gloucester. He did, yeah. and then he got his career ruined by by Andy Robinson. I always think of Tindall more of a more of as a Bathman. To be fair, oh, he had seven or eight mar- seasons. He had a longer, had a time, long, who, longer who, time at Gloucester. Who did he play more for, Bath or Gloucester? I, both similar. I think he had similar periods, seven or eight years for both of them. Yeah. Uh, Tyndall, I suppose you can't say not Alan Tyndall. Tyndall Alan Tyndall Tyndall and um, Alan Volopola whatever his name is because he was magnificent and he's so good to follow on Twitter <laughs> he's got so many good views uh, no it's got to be him uh, Alan and Tyndall I, I'd go Alan and Tyndall but I uh, yeah. and then back three so James Simpson Daniel yeah. definitely Simbad's I, in I was watching some of James Simpson Daniel's highlight reels God, he was good. When he rounded Lomu for that try for England. Yeah, I remember it's that. One way he turns, it's one way he turns Lawrence Delalio inside out, like twice. Goes one way, <laughs> yeah. Lawrence turns around the other way and then doubles back. It's Simpson Daniel, do you know how old he is? 34. 32? 33, yeah. His unfortunate ankle injury a couple of seasons and then ago. Johnny May and Charlie Sharples? Uh, I'd have o- Ollie else? Morgan. Ollie Morgan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Have, have we missed a fullback somewhere? There's Willie Walker had a few good seasons yeah. there. I, I probably would have Johnny. Oh, Duncan May. McRae at, at ten. <laughs> no. Why? No. He's a legend. No. And he played very well. No. Why? <laughs> he wasn't good enough. Oh come on. <laughs> uh, on the wings, Bolshaw and San Andre had. Oh Bolsh. Good good spells there. Yeah. I'd probably go Johnny May. And what about Carl Price? <laughs> <laughs> I think he had one premiership Ooh. appearance. What about Leslie Vinacolo? Leslie Vinacolo. The oh, greatest yeah. reunion debut of all time. 
No, no, I think we've discussed this. The greatest uh, reunion debut of all time was, in fact, Yeston Harris. Three tries from fly half. That, that is quite impressive. In a European Cup game at night. <laughs> Van der Kool has scored four tries in his debut. Yeah, that is quite good, isn't it? It is quite good. So what's your back, what's your back three? Simpson, Daniel, Johnny May, Ollie Morgan. Nice. A quality team. And next week, we will be turning to... London Irish. I've got London a fif- Irish. I've got a fifteen for you for you to assemble. Bath players that played for Gloucester. <laughs> There's a lot of back and forth, isn't There's there? There's loads. Bolshaw, Tyndall, Barkley. Atwood. Atwood. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, no, he's the other way around. Well, yeah. Well, no, Bath. Just well I was very, very clear on what the criteria <laughs> was. <laughs> Uh, right, at Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. We will be back after Ireland Wales, Scotland, Italy, and another week closer to a World Cup. Bank holiday weekend, so we'll be releasing just like this one. The podcast will come out on Tuesday morning, so it'll be back when you're on your commute if you're working and whatnot. And uh, and yeah, and with the England squad having been announced by that point, so plenty to talk about. It's getting ever closer. In the meantime, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, download the Acast app, and listen there. And we will see you next time. Good work, JB. Cheers, Tim. Top work, Phil. Cheers, Tim. In a bit. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.